Who wants to play a game? It's time for hide and seek. Run, run, run. Time to run and hide. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 571 with a review of Ready or Not. <laughs> I can't not say here I come after that. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, we are talking about a little, uh, little horror suspense film uh, called Ready or Not. Um, it is a film involving a family that has a board game dynasty. Uh, so my question for you, Stephen, is, to start this episode off, do you enjoy board games, the occasional board games? Uh, what was your favorite kind of game growing up? And, uh, you know, what do you ever partake now? Yeah, in- interesting question. I like... Um I don't know where the line of board game necessarily begins or ends. Um, I, I enjoy... I, I like games... That involve like participants trying to trick each other. Like I always like enjoy Balder- games. Like Balderdash, for instance, is a game I always liked. There's definitely a board involved because you're like, but it's a basic board where you're just tallying who has yeah. how many points. I, I would I would extend it to sort of tabletop games, yeah. which is sort of like the genre that we talk about it now. I mean, in growing up, you had like physical board games like Sorry and yep. all those games. <laughs> yeah, but shoots and ladders. Yeah, let's yeah. be real. Um, pretty pretty princess. I, oh. I, I enjoy a, a game of Scrabble if I've got nothing else to do. That's okay. definitely a, a fun thing to experience. Um, I have fun. As you've learned, I don't have as much of a tolerance as some people at this table do for like <laughs> learning complicated rules. But when I do get past that, I often have fun. Like when we have played board games before and like, I go that extra mile into actually understanding why the game is the way it is, then it becomes pretty fun. <laughs> but I'm kind of, I'm I'm kind of stuck in my ways in that like I am more likely to revert to like one of the six or seven games that I played growing up, and those were usually like trivia related, like Trivial Pursuit or tricking someone, like Boulder Dash or something like Scrabble or Scattergories, where it's like quickly thinking of like words that fit a certain letter. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that tends to be what I like. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of board games. I mean, growing up, there were the classic, uh, you know, American board games like Monopoly and stuff. I even I I feel like now that I now that I think of it, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I actually had a board game when I was very young that was just called the Electoral College, and what? you were trying to get elected. <laughs> it was super ridiculous. But how did you handle Wisconsin? Uh, I mean, who can handle it? Yeah. Um, but but yeah. So for, uh, like we glue. Grew up having time where you'd sit around a table as a family, play games, or, you know, at Christmas you'd open up a new themed version of Monopoly or something, even though everybody hated it, or you could have the complicated games like Mousetrap and stuff like that. Um, but, like, as I've grown older, I've gotten more into board games and, like, tabletop games, and I enjoy them a lot now. Um, I would play them all the time, but board games are one of those things that you need lots of people to play, mm-hmm. and uh, as our sample size of two... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, says, you know, 50% of people don't like them that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a fan of board games, and I did enjoy the fact that this film is centered around a gaming family mm-hmm. and how that plays into the narrative. So. Yeah. I think... I think it isn't that 50% of people don't like it. I think it's just you get grandfathered in with whatever games you learned. Yeah. And only some percentage of people are willing to invest the brain power in learning a new game. Which is why, like, 
at any party, you could probably, I mean, nobody wants to play Monopoly, but like, <laughs> if people didn't want to play Monopoly, it wouldn't be because they don't like board games. It'd be like, that game is too long. Or yeah, something. they don't like it. But you wouldn't game. get the same resistance that they get when it's like, hey, here's a new game. Let me teach you. Everyone's like, fuck it. I want to, you know, I want to leave. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think too, like the, the games that you kind of mentioned, like things like Trivial Pursuit and Scrabble and things like that, it's like you are enjoying games where you're taxing your brain yep. and your achievement is did you solve this puzzle or yeah. did you do something that allowed you to gain enjoyment? Yeah, I the think, strategy isn't the joy. The joy yeah. is the, the basic building block. Yeah, and for me, a incredibly complex mechanical game mm-hmm. where, to me, like, I have, like, even if I get destroyed, if it's a game where I did a lot of things, I'm still like, wow, that game was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. like, I, I've played games where... I introduced a bunch of people to the game and I played like 20 times before I ever won a single game. (laughs) And it was still like all those games were fun because you're doing things that mechanically are interesting and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, Yep. Cool. I buy it. (laughs) Uh, Good because I'm selling it. Um, So should we get started with this episode, Stephen? Mm -hmm. We're going to listen to the trailer for Ready or Not and then we're going to bring you guys a review. believe that in half an hour i will be a part of the ladomus gaming dynasty empire uh dominion we prefer dominion i honestly can't wait to be a part of your family there's just one more thing and then you are officially part of the family so at midnight you have to play a game why it's just something we do when someone new joins the family a game what game? Hide and seek? Are we really going to play that? Well, the rules are simple. You can hide anywhere. We then try to find you. So there's no way for me to win, right? I mean, stay hidden till dawn. <laughs> no, thank you. Good luck. What the hell is this? How old is this thing? I know you're in here. Sweetheart. You shot the maid. Does she look like she's wearing a giant white wedding dress, Emily? It's insane. I had to play along so that I can get you out. They think they have to kill you before sunrise. Or something very bad will happen to the family. If we don't find her and perform the ritual, we're all dead. Found her. Why don't you just use mine? Mr. Lodomus, I just saw her running. Oh my god! You're just another sacrifice. Did you think that she's a game? Yes, I didn't see. Remember? You wanted to get married. All right, so that was the trailer for Ready or Not. Uh, As we've mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is a film about a um, board gaming dynasty family who have made their entire fortune um, playing games. And uh, 
somebody new has come into the family and they're marrying into the family. And as part of the family ritual, on the night of the wedding, they have to play a game um, for this film. That game is hide-and-seek. The twist, however, is that uh, if you get caught, you die. And uh, we have to have our, our bride um, try to survive through the night so that she doesn't get killed um, while a whole family of people <laughs> locked inside this house are trying to kill her. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Ready or Not? I thought this movie was really fun, and I wish I hadn't seen the trailer before I watched it. Um, Just because of specific, like, kills and things like that, or Yeah, well, with the overall tone. I, I mean, so, for context, we saw this movie almost a full week ago now, uh, and we brought uh, Joanna, my girlfriend, and I just told her, like, hey, there's a movie, you should come see it with us. And she hadn't seen anything about the movie, like, not yeah. even the synopsis of it. And I think going in, knowing nothing about this film would be a whole lot of fun, just because of the, like, the the quick... The way you suddenly realize, like, about 10 minutes into the movie that, like, not all is in paradise with this marriage and crazy things are going to happen. Yeah. And then the specific kills. Like, I think this is a movie where a lot of the funny parts are in the trailer, which is is true of a lot of films. But I just feel like this one especially, it's, like, 60% of, like, the big surprise twists or whatever seem to be played out in the trailer already. Yeah. Um, But I I liked it. I I think... um, you know, it, it's a very silly movie. It kind of is, you get what you pay for. Like, you know early what kind of movie it's going to be, and then it kind of follows it, the formula, without a whole lot of tricks up its sleeve. Um, but, like, the formula is very fun, right? It's, like, zany. It, it feels like Clue or uh, uh, Murdered by Death. Was that the name of the movie I'm thinking of? These, these kind of, like, you're in a big house and something violent is going on, and it's, like, creepy in a kind of fun way. Um, and I think it, it's also just a fun takedown of, like, the upper class, right, in, in a very obvious way. Like, I think I joked when we were leaving the theater that, like, this is basically, like, watching Jared Kushner try to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think uh, Samara Weaving uh, is, like, a fun lead character. I've never seen her in anything before. I, I don't know if you know that she's Hugo Weaving's niece, but you definitely I can't unsee it when you did not. when you look for that in her face. Huh. Um, anyway, I, I thought she was really good. I, I thought Adrian Brody, Adam Brody, Adam Brody was a lot yeah. of fun in the movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was fun, genre-y. If I can criticize, it's that I don't think it does much unexpected after the premise, right? Like, you kind of expect it to be a movie where the game is set and now it's going to be like one by one, basically, how are you going to avert each of these family members? And like, probably there's going to be a creative new room for each thing that happens in. And it's like a slow maze through the house. And it kind of jettisons that pretty quickly. Like I, I feel like where I wanted there to be 10 beats, there's only maybe like three of those beats. Yeah. Uh, so it, it kind of feels like it's like, it cuts to the chase a little bit too quick. But the the humor is on point. Like it's it's always making like fun of itself, and you're always in on the joke. And I think like the cast is pretty game to be despicable monsters. Um, so yeah, it it didn't stick with me as much as I wanted it to. But I definitely think it was like an enjoyable watch. And I feel like pretty much anybody would have a fun ninety minutes or whatever this movie is. Yeah. Um. So I actually enjoyed this film quite a lot. Um. Mm-hmm. I. I agree with everything that you said that's like a slight negative about sort of the 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 what the film is doing once it gets going. But what I actually found uh, 
um, incredibly compelling was the backstory and the setup for the plot, right? We know that this family, as an initiation for the newlywed couple, is going to play this game, hide and seek, um, but we don't really have a context for it. Or, like, we know they're a gaming dynasty, so obviously they're going to play a game, but we don't have the full information about why the game is, what the options for the game are, and things like that. And I thought there was a very, very interesting um, backstory to everything, Mm -hmm. and the way that the family... um, the way we have seen the family deal with these wedding night games in the past um, and the context for which we're seeing it in the moment, I thought was really, really interesting. And it really made me like just the, the, the over the top scene where the father of the family is explaining the game and why yeah. they play it and stuff. I was like eating it up. It was, like, oh, yeah. it was amazing. <laughs> I was I, I so mean, happy. I think the first third of this movie is the best part because I think it's a movie where the premise has so many possibilities and it delivers on them. But like when you first learn the premise, it's like, oh shit, this could go so many amazing ways. Yeah, yeah. And it, it would it would honestly be incredibly interesting to see. Like we are going to see this film about a bride trying to survive a night with a family. Mm. If you could somehow see this film the way that Joanna saw it with like zero context for yep. anything about the film – it would be very. I mean, I assume she at least knew it was like. I, I, I don't. I, I don't, don't think she knew anything. Okay. about it. Like it would be very interesting to try to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. Uh, maybe the decor and the spookiness would would like lead you to know like, oh, some shit's gonna go down. Maybe it's gonna be a haunted house or whatever. Right? Like mm. the, the, I could I could get that, but to to be able to see it without knowing the premise. Which is strange because the premise is what brought us to see the film. Uh, that and all of the positive reviews it was getting at the time. Yeah. Um, it would be interesting to see it out of that context. But in the context, I was so happy that there was more than just the family tries to kill the bride. And if you survive, then welcome to the family. Like mm. the fact that there was a deeper, richer mythology, um, one that spanned generations of time and that n- not everybody in the it, – it, this isn't just a psychotic family that is doing this because they're psychotic and like to kill people. There are specific reasons for it. There are reasons why people wouldn't want to avoid participating. And I think that, like, there are people who, like, yes, this film is silly. And it's silly sort of in the way that Happy Death Day is silly. Mm-hmm. But the everyone in the film, for the most part, is just giving it their all in a way that I just found very, very uh, entertaining. And there, so there's a scene, you see it for, like maybe 10 frames in the trailer, but it's when she draws the uh, hide-and-seek card. Right. The look in her now husband's face as he realizes what is about to ensue sold the reality of everything so well, and every single character responds in a different way. And just seeing people who are there uh, to participate begrudgingly um excitedly uh timid yet wanting to participate uh like each character sitting around that table knows what they have to do and has a different feeling about what they have to do 
Um, some people are mad because they may or may not have <laughs> had their loved ones killed <laughs> in the past. Um, other people are just like glad that they're being included in the family. Um, this is like the board game version of Succession where it's like everybody. Is I, mean, I was going to say this pairs really well with Succession from what I know of that show. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's it's basically like what if that family was a board game dynasty and felt they needed to kill whoever was trying to marry into the family, which, mm-hmm. spoilers, I think would be great because fucking hate Tom. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it, it's, I thought that was fun. And there, there is, like, everybody's talking about how this film is a sort of takedown of, like, wealth and the 1% and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I actually think there's a subtle difference between what it's actually doing because... The people who are born into this family believe, behave, and feel one way about everything. And then you have everyone who has joined the family. Mm -hmm. And I think that this film is more a takedown of the people who want to be wealthy and what they will do to get it. And it, it, because it, because the family has a belief that they have to do this because there are dire consequences. The people who married into the family are like, yeah, I gotta do the shit because oh, I, I I can't not be in this rich family anymore, right? And it, it there's there's a subtle difference, but it, it is doing something interesting with whether you're born with wealth or whether you have done horrible things to get it. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I don't know. There's something there that I haven't fully thought out. Yeah, but it, I, it, I can't tell if they're in a different bucket or not, but I definitely think it gets more of the joy out of the out of the people who join the family i i mean they're they're, like like basically it's like the the people who became wealthy and suddenly now feel like it's their right to stay wealthy right that they'll do anything they can to keep this going um versus the people who born into a thing believe that they are the quote heirs to it and believe with this almost manic like intensity that they need to protect it or they're dead right yeah Like, like i think the whole the the whole idea even of the movie is like could definitely be seen as a metaphor for like the way in which rich people think like if they give just a little bit away then everything's going to come crashing down you know yeah. the kind of cock brother type uh, idealism but but i guess it kind of depends on whether you are viewing the film as being about wealth or being about a wager with uh luck mm and I think that might be where my distinction is a little bit because I'm watching this as like an avid gamer who is like really enthralled by this idea of you this. You love the mechanics. Yeah, yeah. I love the mechanics of this universe. And the average viewer is watching this film as like, oh, look at these fucking rich people who want to hunt anybody who wants their money, which is not actually what the story is. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. There, there's just there's just an interesting distinction there that um, I I can't fully define, um, and I don't even know if that's just me reading too much into the gaming side of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to, to bat around and play with. Mm-hmm. So one, one thing on that note that I think does make this movie interesting is it's like, so it, it isn't as poignant as Get Out was, obviously, but I think it is kind of doing a class equivalent of what Get Out was trying to do with racial issues, where it's saying like, these vague feelings that you have, like, let's say when you are marrying into a wealthier family of, like, how do these people see you? What do they value? What do they not value? What if that was all literally true in the most, like, nightmarish way possible? <laughs> um, 
and I think it like it's interesting just watching the movie through the the eyes of the bride and basically like her slow realization of what she is, why she is like seen as a threat to these people, what they would be willing to do on a dime to preserve their money, her relationship in particular with her fiance and his brother, I think like gets at a lot of this like how deeply rooted does this hate go question. Um, and I think it's really successful there because it's kind of like, I mean, the elevator pitch is just amazing, right? Like the worst in-law situation at a wedding ever, right? Like yeah. what if everyone literally thought they needed to murder you? Um, and yeah, I, I think it's fun. I love the way they're kind of blasé about the help in the house as well. Like, ah, oh, we lost another one. She was my favorite. Yeah. Like, the, they're, They are like despicable beyond just thinking they need to survive, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And if some characters are kind of on that fence, like Andy McDowell's mother character, I think, is an interesting example where she seems like, on one hand, to be very human and empathetic and, like, be rooting for uh, the main character. But then on the other hand, like, fucking bloodthirsty, you know? Yeah. And I think that, that like, the fact that people can seem nice and be all smiles and, like, have a self-justification, but also be completely ruthless in regard to other people... I think that is, like, the more biting social part of it is, yeah. like, that both can coexist. You know, they're, they're basically the people... Andy McDowell's character is, like, the person who says, like, I wish I could have voted for Obama again, you know? Like, yeah, she's yeah. the person who's, like, I'm loving, I care, like, I, I, I want you in here, this family's terrible, but also I'm definitely going to pick up that crossbow if push comes to shove. Yeah, but I, but I think there's still, like, the con... Like, so, in theory... What this game could be is you get married, and at midnight, you roll a die. And on a two through six, you're welcomed into the family. On a one, you instantly just die. Mm -hmm. That is technically what this story is. Um, But instead of you instantly just dying through magical force, the family has to kill you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? So it's... The thing that caused the existence of the game could and metaphorically exist as just the die. But the because die die. Yeah, the, 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 the die die. Um, but because we want to see this thing where somebody's trying to survive against uh, a bunch of families killing, the family has to like earn their, uh, their continued existence, basically. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, I don't know. I didn't, it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. One thing I think, and I don't know if this needs a spoiler section or not, like probably not, but it depends how you feel. Um, I am not totally resolved on the question that I feel like hangs over most of the film, which is why would you willingly get married if you know that this risk is is there? Um, but I, I think the idea is that you're never supposed to tell the person. <laughs> right. Because I think... Given the context of all the other people you see are either dead or they didn't play this game, mm-hmm. I think people are like, uh, now that we've been married for a week, uh, I want to tell you a little story about how you could have died. Yeah. Right? I, I think that's, I think it's an after the fact learning of stuff. And I don't think, I think it's part of the game that you can't tell the person beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, but, if you were told and you did it, then you're that vapid person who's willing to die 
<laughs> to yeah. gain this wealth from the family, right? Well, I just think, and, and again, like, w- like without spoilers, I don't think the movie minds if the interpretation is just everyone is awful. But, like, why not just have a, like, I don't know, a civil union or something or, like, live together? Like, why? I, I don't know. Like, I get maybe, like, you don't know how to dodge the marriage issue without revealing the game. Yeah. It just seems like... The stakes are so high. I, I never completely bought. Not that I need to, because it's a fun movie without buying it. But the yeah. the the relationship uh, between the bride and the groom is interesting to me, and I feel like that was like a gnawing question that the movie like never answered to my satisfaction, and I felt like it was kind of to her satisfaction, which seemed weird to me. Well, so so there is a underlying thing in this film which I will try to be semi vague about, but it definitely implies that the male care the the husband is a toxic male yeah and is sort of entrapping this woman into the family mm-hmm. um she obviously is getting a lot of benefits from being there but it's heavily implied that he sort of tricked her <laughs> into getting married yeah um and i think that there are a couple of moments in the film where they kind of discuss this and talk about it and characters say things that are like, oh, shit, this is really creepy and weird and fucked up. Um, so I think that that question is answered in a roundabout way um, that essentially you wouldn't want to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I thought an interesting aspect of this movie, too, were the... The people who are not in the family that are still playing along. So you you mentioned the the people who marry into the family, but then there's also a I assume he's like the butler character in this movie, um, who is like more ruthless than anyone else, as far as I can tell. Yeah. And I don't even know what he has to gain from participating in this tradition. And that like to me, those are like places too where it's kind of like interesting. It's exploring the way like people would just do anything to be near power, right? Like, to yeah, feel yeah. like they're a part of a thing. Well, yeah, so there's the butler, and then there's the uh, the, the, the the three, well, two and a half maids. That's another thing that this film <laughs> does, where it heavily implies that one of them is there for reasons besides... Yeah. Ma- two and two, and two halves maids by the end. <laughs> <laughs> also, that was... Okay, there are... <laughs> for the most part... So, so you've, we've already established that some of the deaths are kind of spoiled in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Most of the deaths in the film or severe injuries are are totally great, contextually fit with everything. Everything's great. There are a couple things that are just dumb as hell. Dumb in, waiter. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, some of them are just dumb waiter. And that whole thing really pissed me off because... That was like, you could easily cut that from the film and it wouldn't matter. But you put the dumbest thing in there in a way that I was like, oh, she. See, I thought it was funny because it helped set the tone of the movie of like, this is going to be a bloody gore fest and like life is not going to be that valuable. So I, I thought it was funny. I laughed. I just, I feel like, like, it, not only was it dumb waiter, it was dumb and dumber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like Jim Carrey basically does the same thing in his limo mm. <laughs> in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Except for he survives. Mm-hmm. And I it, it just it it made me it made me just kind of go like, really? Really that's what we're gonna go with? And I think the other there was another thing uh involving a car that I was equally kinda like 
<sighs> Whatever. Yeah. This is kind of stupid, but I'll allow it because I'm enjoying the rest of this film so much. But yeah. yeah. Besides that, like it's literally like two moments. Uh, one involving uh, whatever their equivalent of OnStar is, and then one involving oh, yeah. a dumbwaiter. Yeah, uh, that, that comic beat did not work for me. No, yeah, it just, it it was really dumb. But besides that, I had an amazing time watching this film. Yeah, No, I, I had a blast. Like, it isn't even fun to nitpick it, because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Cool, so should we get to verdicts? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, if we were going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I'm going to recommend with a caveat. I think it is a lot of fun. I do think most of the fun is in the elevator pitch of this movie. And while, like, the cast is totally game, like, everyone definitely delivers on the film, and it's a zany good time, I feel like there were so many opportunities where it could have been more of a zany good time. Like, I, I don't ever feel like it... 100% went for it the way that it could. I thought it could have been more violent, more shocking, more everything. Uh, I would have had fun with all of that. Um, and like, I think the the social message it is a big part of the entertainment factor. I don't think it's saying anything deep. It's just like a, that's like the the thing that gives the movie a shade, right? It's like the, the implicit thing behind the movie that makes it more fun to root for like murdering everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, like, I like that. It's good for this time. I just... I feel like you could have done more with it. So the caveat is I don't I don't think it is as good as it could have been given the the material. Um it may not be as good as it could have been, but I think it's as good as it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to bump this up to a must see. Um I thought it was a really good time, and especially because we're in like a lull of films, yeah. I feel like in these last couple of weeks we've been sort of uh finding things to review. Um we could also just be not picking the things that uh, were actually really great to see. But Possible. I think we didn't that, see the Peanut Butter Falcon. I think that was right. this week. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm just going to give it a must-see just because I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I think others will enjoy it too. Yep. But yeah, that is going to do it for a review of Ready or Not. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can go to twitter.com slash Art. Wait, I'm not going to tell you. You got to... <laughs> I can't lose all my hiding places. Uh, you can find me um, in the in the study. In the study. I was just there like five minutes ago. He's in the study! SDavidMiller.com People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Ready or Not, so hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, we are going to go take off, and we are going to bring you another review of something that we've rented on iTunes called The Sword of Trust. So Now, can, can I get you uh, excited about Samara Weaving's next film project right after Ready or Not? Guns Akimbo. Oh, nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we'll see you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Right. Let the countdown begin. Here I come.